This is Bad Attitudes. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to another episode of Bad Attitudes, an uninspiring podcast about disability. I'm your host, Laura. A funny thing happened on the way to my TED Talk. Actually, it was several things, and it's only funny if my telling makes it so. Interested in supporting the podcast? I've created membership tiers on my coffee page, and in every episode, we'll have a supporter shout-out. Only two tiers so far. More will be added after the holidays. Tiers start at $2 a month, and you'll get access to special membership content and perks. Go check it out and sign up. I'm excited to have some really cool stuff available for you in the future. And if membership isn't for you, no worries. You can still contribute one-time donations via coffee, and every donation will get shouted out in an episode. If you like this episode, share it and the podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is absolutely the best way to grow this podcast and our community. And please make sure you are rating and reviewing the podcast on your preferred platform. It really helps me out. For questions, comments, or ideas, email badattitudespod at gmail.com or reach out through social media. Follow at badattitudespod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As always, I want to remind you that disability is not a monolith. My experience as a disabled person is going to be different from the experiences of other disabled people. I am one voice for the disabled community, but I am not the only voice. As I'm writing this episode, the video for my TEDx talk is still not up on YouTube. Let's consider writing this episode me manifesting that happening. I can only hope that by the time this episode reaches you, you've had the opportunity to watch my speech. But let's back things up a little. In early June 2023, a post showed up on my Facebook page from my alma mater, Wingate University in Wingate, North Carolina. The university was hosting TEDx and was looking for faculty, students, and alumni to apply as speakers. The deadline to apply was the next day. Giving a TED Talk has long been an item on my bucket list, one I never really expected to be able to check off. So, seeing this post felt a little kismet. The deadline being the next day was a double-edged sword. On the one hand, I didn't have time to talk myself out of applying, which I can almost guarantee I would have done. On the other hand, I didn't put a lot of time into thinking about my application. After I submitted my application, I felt nauseous. I immediately regretted taking that step. Who did I think I was? What did I possibly have to say? Never mind the fact that I host a podcast where I find something to say almost every week. That's not the same as a TED Talk. That's prestigious. People have heard of it. No one has heard of my podcast. After submitting, not much happened for a while. Notification of whether or not our proposals were accepted was actually pushed back by a week, to my birthday in fact. That would turn out to be indicative of the entire process. But even when we were accepted, they never used affirmative language. 
I never received a message that said anything to the effect of, we want you to be a TEDx speaker for our event. Two friends of mine also applied, so we were sending a lot of messages back and forth trying to figure out, were we accepted? Were we not? What's going on? That's my biggest complaint. At the beginning of the process, there simply wasn't enough clear communication. Not much happened throughout July and August. We were asked to submit rough drafts or outlines of our proposed speeches, but I'm an overachiever. I had started writing immediately after submitting my application. Even though I had no expectation of being accepted as a speaker, I still had a bunch of ideas I wanted to get down. I began multiple versions of a speech before I landed on the speech I actually presented. By the time I submitted my draft, I considered my speech basically complete. At the end of August, we had a workshopping meeting where most of the speakers met and we went over the rough draft of our speeches and got feedback. Although my speech was mostly finished, I got a lot of helpful feedback that helped me knock my speech up a peg or two. Some people's talks were a lot like mine, nearly complete. Some were entirely different between that first meeting and the actual day of the event. A couple changed every time they were given. If you've only listened to my TEDx talk, I strongly encourage you to go back to check out the other speakers as well. Our topics were widely varied, but I found them all to be interesting in their own way, even if the main topic wasn't something I would consider of particular interest. Over the next few weeks, we met twice more for rehearsals. I mentioned before, the event was held at my alma mater. The theater we presented in was completed the summer before my first semester in 1999. Yeah, I know, the late 1900s. Ugh. It was weird and wonderful being back on campus after all those years. I could not believe how much it had changed, yet it still felt very much the same. It felt like someone had taken my tiny college campus and plopped it down into the middle of a much larger one. Those years were some of the best of my life, and being back in a place where I spent so much time brought back the feels. The fun really starts the day before our final dress rehearsal. That day, I decided to finally clean my wheelchair. This is not something I do often. All the dirt is holding everything together. Over time, hair and dirt gets wrapped around the axles on the casters, the wheels on the front of the wheelchair. The only real way to clean it out is to remove the axles, clean them, and then put the casters back together. This detail will be important later. It took me about two hours to clean my chair, which helps to explain why I don't do it too often. But even I have to admit, it looked a lot better. That night, when I was getting ready for bed, I noticed my chair making a new squealing noise. My chair is about 15 years old, so I didn't think too much of it. It makes a lot of noises. The next morning, however, it was unbearable. We couldn't tell what was causing the noise, only that it was coming from the caster. And it was piercing. My dad sprayed some WD-40 on it, and the noise stopped. Strictly speaking, you should not use WD-40 on your wheelchair. It can negatively affect the functionality of moving parts. You should use silicone spray, but we were out. My dad picked some up later that night. The dress rehearsal was that afternoon. 
As I was moving around the theater, the noise came back. I cannot adequately express how excruciating this noise was and how embarrassing. It came time for me to rehearse my speech. The way this particular theater is set up, I had to roll down a side hallway to come on stage from the back. I definitely got my proverbial steps in that week. My rehearsal went off without a hitch. It felt great, but strange, to be up on that stage. I watched many performances, speeches, and presentations from that stage when I was a student. I was feeling real good after my rehearsal, and I was making my way back to the vestibule of the theater building to meet my mom. As I was coming out of the hallway into the vestibule, something about my chair felt off. Something was definitely not right. It felt like the caster was dragging, not spinning like it should. I froze and gestured my mom over to look at it. To be fair, she didn't really know what to look for and couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. She even took a picture of the caster with her phone so I could look, and I didn't notice anything either. So, I carefully made my way across the vestibule, but as soon as I exited through the doors, crack! My mom and I both froze. The axle on my caster had come out of the fork because one of the screws holding everything together had fallen out somewhere. It was doubly distressing, which is saying a lot, because several years ago, the axle on this same caster straight up broke while rolling down the street in Nashville, Tennessee. I was having extremely unpleasant flashbacks. I managed to pull over to the side near a trash can. My mom went back inside to scour the carpet to see if she could find the missing screw. I texted the organizer of the TEDx event, who was still inside, and explained what happened and asked if she could look around to see if she happened upon a black screw. I knew that was a long shot. I was already convinced that the head of the screw had sheared off somewhere and the shaft of the screw was stuck in the axle, barely holding my caster together. Unsurprisingly, my mom didn't find anything when she went to look inside. She had already called my dad to come to the campus because we didn't have any tools to work on my chair. Keep in mind, we live a solid 40 minutes from the university. So, we're just waiting. It wouldn't have been so bad, except students kept coming by for some event happening in the building, which made things feel a little awkward. You never feel old until you're surrounded by people 20 years younger than you. I was trying not to make any sudden movements because if something happened to the precarious hold my caster was maintaining, that would be disaster. After several long minutes, the organizer texted asking where I was. I told her I was sitting out front, and she showed up about 90 seconds later with the screw in her possession. She and the theater director had scoured the backstage area and found it, along with a couple of others. And it was in one piece. The elation I felt is beyond words. The fact that I had made it from all the way backstage out the front doors before anything monumental happened is mind-boggling. Let me stress, this was not an insignificant distance. The theater itself seats over 500 people. The vestibule is probably the same depth, and I came from backstage, 
which adds another, I don't know how many feet. It was, as we say in the country, a fur piece. I don't know who was watching over me, if it was Jesus, the universe, or the goddess of wheelchair maintenance, but the fact that the screw was found in one piece and my chair was easily able to be repaired is nothing short of a miracle. The best guess as to what happened is that when I was cleaning my chair and putting the caster back together, the screws got over-tightened. So instead of the axle turning like it should, the screws were also turning, which caused that god-awful squealing noise. And because the screw was turning, that caused it to come unscrewed from the axle and pop out. My dad replaced the screw that night, and everything has been working fine since. Knock on wood. Crisis averted. Very little could happen the next day that could be worse than my chair literally falling apart the night before a TEDx talk. But that doesn't mean nothing would go wrong. If you've been following along, you know the TEDx event was beset by many tech demons. There was supposed to be a live stream on YouTube, but about two speeches in, we realized that the live stream was a no-go. My friend and I were sitting in the back row during the first session of speakers, and he was getting texts from people asking about the live stream. He checked YouTube on his phone, and we saw the notification that the live stream would not be happening. But we figured everything was still good because they were recording the entire event, so we knew that within a couple of days, at least, people would be able to watch our recorded speeches. And it seemed to be going well. When I went backstage to get ready for my speech, I spoke with the organizer and she said they were already editing the speeches from the first session, so they would probably be up relatively quickly. That looked to be the case because that evening, the first speech was available on YouTube. I spent the next day periodically checking YouTube to see if any more videos had been uploaded to no avail. About 9 p.m. that night, the day after the event, I received an email with the news. Only two of the speeches had decent recordings. The rest, all eight of them, were unusable. After some back and forth with scheduling, it was arranged that the eight of us would re-record our speeches the last week of September. An outside vendor would be on site to ensure the recording went smoothly. But now, as of writing, a week has passed and we've heard nothing. No update, no videos uploaded surreptitiously. I've been operating on the premise that no news is good news, but I won't lie, I'm starting to worry. I even spread out the writing of this episode over two days, so that hopefully, by the time I finished, I would have something to report. I'll just reiterate that I sincerely hope by the time this episode goes live, there will be some video evidence that I did, in fact, give a TED Talk. Phew! By my standards, this is a really long episode. I know I spent a lot of it detailing the things that went wrong, but I want it understood that this is one of the coolest things I have done in my life. I am so grateful to have had the opportunity and am especially glad that I didn't have the chance to talk myself out of it. I want this event to be a springboard for me, so I can bring more awareness to disability issues, not just through this podcast, but through speaking engagements as well. I got so much amazing feedback from the other speakers, 
and what I've heard others told the organizer. One of my fellow speakers told me I was his favorite presenter. Another one, a professor at the university, said he expected my speech to be the most shared. I know I joke around a lot like I have a big ego, but hearing these things was incredibly touching. But the best part for me was getting to reconnect with a couple of old friends. It had been years since I had seen or got to spend any significant time with them, and falling back into the patterns of our friendship was so comforting and fulfilling. This whole experience, even with all its road bumps, is one I would absolutely jump at doing again. Being back in an environment that meant so much to me and was such a vital part of my life was invigorating. And seeing how that place has changed, definitely for the better, made me really proud. So, yeah, I really hope you get to see the video of my TEDx talk. I'm pretty sure I killed it. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next one.